Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a good day to you. My name is Brad Zockel, and you are listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. This is part of the Heaven Tour Mystery under the guidance and direction of the Zulon International Bible Institute. I'm the director of the Zulon International Bible Institute, and we're just so happy we have had our first graduates. Uh, We had Elisha and Eldi receive their certificates of completion just last month from Tanzania. Two of my very, very dear students received their completion, and as we continue on in the next steps of our ministry through Zulon, our next phase is on the Heaven Tour, and in that, we have been studying and will continue to study what the Bible teaches about the afterlife. Where do Christians go? What goes on? What happens to us? What is this book of Revelation all about? And we continue on and on as we dig deeper and deeper and see what the Scripture tells us about life beyond this life, the promise for the believer, the warning to the unsaved, and that's what this is all about. And I appreciate so very, very much that you're here with me. During the weekday, I am on live on two of the different social media platforms. One is on TikTok, and that is from 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then go to the afternoon, and at noontime, straight up, Eastern Standard Time, I am there, and I am on with questions and answers as well. We have a question and answer time after our teaching about heaven and such, and we go into these, the uh, as much as we can go into the study of the book of Revelation and the prophecies of, say, Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, a number of prophecies about Jesus himself, and also the promises that we have from the First Testament, which many people know as the Old Testament, in explaining the Second Testament's fulfillment, which is also known as the New Testament. Now today, what we're going to do is I'm going to talk about the Millennial Kingdom. So people say, well, whenever we leave here, uh, do we go to live on the earth? Do we live in heaven during this time? What is this thousand-year break uh, during this time on earth, and why don't we go straight to heaven, and all kinds of questions on this thousand-year reign of Christ. Where do we find this in the Bible? What's it about? Now, let's go into the scriptures, just get right into it, and talk about this. There is a designated time specifically laid out in Revelation chapter 20, which will talk about a time when Jesus comes and rules and reigns on earth. After Armageddon, After the seven-year tribulation, Jesus will then come down to earth, and he will reign on earth in the new Jerusalem, which is on earth in the millennial kingdom. Now, we're going to take a few podcasts and talk about this, because there is confusion among Christians on where does this fit in, and what does this have to do with anything, and why does Jesus do this, and what's what happens on earth? Is there sin? All of these different things. So let's take an overview today in the minutes that we have, and let's talk about this. The first place we're going to talk about and find the uh, the millennial kingdom narrative, 
that we're going to talk about right now, as it's through the scriptures, is we're going to take home plate, as far as our discussion goes. That's going to be Revelation chapter 20 in the first verses. Here it is, as we see it. Then I saw an angel, Revelation 20 now, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key to the abyss, and a great chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss, closed it, and put a seal on it, so that he would no longer deceive the nations until the thousand years were completed. After that, he must be released for a short time. Verse 4. Then I saw thrones and people seated on them who were given authority to judge. And I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and who had not accepted the mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Now, there is more that we could talk about what happens in the ensuing verses, but we're going to stop right there. The first part of the explanation of the millennial reign is in Revelation 20, verses 1 through 6. The thousand-year reign, the millennial kingdom, we see this back and forth. We see the explanation of this. and We see the, the, uh, the narrative here that John is talking about a time when Jesus will come to earth and he will reign during this time. Now, we have a couple things we want to talk about on this overall picture of the millennial kingdom. This is going to take place prior to the great white throne judgment. Now, if you go down to verse 11 through 15 in Revelation chapter 20, you will see the scene of the great white throne judgment, which is really, just to put it this way, this is where people are going to heaven or going to hell people that are condemned going to hell, trying to use their works as justification. That's all there in the great white throne judgment of the wicked. And so this is the decision time and when they will discover that they have not had access to heaven because their name is not found in the, written in the book of life. Now, this millennium during this uh, happens before this great white throne judgment. Jesus is on earth. This is after the tribulation. Now, during this time, Jesus is going to be king over Israel. And you will see, it, it, this is talked about through the scriptures, Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 1, for example. It says that he will bring justice to the nations. And during this time, we have read about this uh, many times in our studies in talking about the animals that will be in the peaceable kingdom on earth such as Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb in the millennial kingdom, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together. And you continue on and see uh, this time of great peace. Because why? As we just read, Satan is bound he has no power during this time, 
And yet, as we see through this time, we're going to see not only great wonders going on, but there is also a rebellion that is going to happen. But what we want to do right now is take a look at something here for the sake of the time that we have and look at the Old Testament prophecy of this. There's so many things I can say, but I want to bring this to you because you're going to find this very, very powerful. You, you say, is there a prophecy about this, the millennial kingdom? Because we've talked about the new heaven and new earth in Isaiah 65 and 66, but millennial kingdom? Yes, absolutely. If you want to see a wonderful description of the glory that happens in the kingdom of God to Israel in the millennial kingdom, then you'll want to look in Isaiah chapter 60. And we look through this chapter, and we're going to see this wonder. And you're going to see this word glory coming up, the wonderful, wonderful truth here. Listen to this, Isaiah 60. You might remember this as some of the words within Handel, Frederick Handel's Messiah. And when we see this, this is part of the song. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And that word for Lord right there is Yahweh. And the glory of Yahweh is risen upon you. Sort of like a sunrise, isn't it? Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and the deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. What a promise to the believing Israelites who say, yes, Jesus is our Messiah. Verse 4, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. You shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the, the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Naboth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these who fly like a cloud and who... And like doves to their roost, surely the coastland shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of Yahweh your God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. The sons of foreigners shall build up your walls, and their king shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Therefore your gates shall be opened continually, they shall not be shut day or night. Men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. For the nation and the kingdom which will not serve you shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. And it continues on. Let's start right in with this wonderful promise here. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Now when we look in Isaiah, some uh, Bible scholars will call Isaiah the Bible in miniature, because the Bible has 66 books, Isaiah has 66 chapters. The judgment in the Old Testament that comes upon through the law is found in the first 39 books. The judgment and these things come in uh, very heavily 
in the first 39 chapters of Isaiah. Then when we go to 40 and move on, then we start seeing the kingdom being revealed and the glory of the Lord growing stronger and stronger, just as we see through the New Testament as well. Now, what we saw in Isaiah 59, then there's a belief that this darkness is going to overcome us. Is this going to be something that we cannot uh, defeat? But then it tells you, arise, shine. It's one thing to arise, but to shine, to be in great excitement. Well, why? How can I shine? Well, your light has come. See, we have the light of the gospel. We also have the light, the inner power of the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's the promise in 1 John 4, 4 to the believer. This is the light. Think of it as sunlight coming over the horizon, chasing away the darkness. This is what it is saying here. The darkness is being chased away, and what happens is we are able to shine. We see this, the glory of the Lord. This is not just something where we're saying, oh, well, we're going to see a better day because we're improving ourselves. No, the glory of what? Of Yahweh himself when we see this. We have seen different emanations of the glory of God throughout the scriptures as we see God shining in what is known as the Shekinah glory, his presence. And I I think about this whenever we're talking about, for example, uh, Luke chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, Matthew chapter 17, where we see Jesus showing Peter, James, and John uh, the, the, the splinter glory just coming out in parts on him and just showing him this is just a, a bit of heaven and yet it's enough to strike them this is an amazing amazing truth the light that comes up from jesus it comes down we see this uh, coming through uh, the scriptures uh, uh, in this prophecy the light that is coming out the light is coming and we can shine think of it when we re- realize that revelation chapter 21 verses 23 through 25 tell us of the absence of the temple and the absence of a temporary light, sun and moon. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is going to illuminate the new Jerusalem. This is part of this uh, prophecy here in Isaiah. Gentiles shall come to your light. And when we see that, we see them coming. I can recall on many an occasion uh, flying over uh, Los Angeles at night, for example, and you see darkness, and suddenly you see the luminescence of the city shining. Or going up to the hill overlooking Pittsburgh, uh, up on uh, Mount Washington, looking over the triangle and the unbelievable beauty of that illuminated city at night. And that brings to mind the wonderful joys of going over to the Holy Land and seeing the walls lit up at night of the old Jerusalem gives an idea here, the brightness that we're seeing here, the wonders here. When we see this, this is talking about this thousand-year reign, where we see that specifically this is talking about those that are coming, the Gentiles are coming, to bring glory. Why? Because we see this very, very clearly here, that Jesus is proclaiming himself as king, and Israel, the Jewish nation, is following. We see through the missionary effort of those in Revelation chapter 7 and 14, in witnessing the result we see in chapter 7 and verse 9, is a number of believing Jews that John cannot even begin to count. That is what we're seeing right here. The wonderful, wonderful millennial kingdom here 
that is being brought forth to reality here when we take a look at this. When this happens, we'll see that Satan is being bound. He is not accessible to this. We'll see the reality of sin. That'll happen. But for right now, Satan has been bound for a thousand years. Now, when we look at this, I wanted to show something to you before we wrap up this very first part. When we look at the, uh, the, the promise of the millennial kingdom, what sets it up? There's a very, very curious thing here. When it says, verse 1, an angel came down from heaven having the key to the abyss, seized the dragon, which is the name for Satan. Do you understand? Who is this angel? We don't know. I think that God has purposely made this angel anonymous to let Satan know you're not that big. You don't need to have someone with a title. An anonymous angel handles this and takes him and throws him down, seizes the dragon very forcefully and takes him. And and when he does, he is bound for a thousand years. Look at the word, verse 3, he threw him into the abyss. There's no ceremony here. Satan is held back for a thousand years. The glory of the Lord comes out. We'll talk some more about the joy and the beauty in our next podcast. This is the millennial kingdom in its splendor, the thousand-year reign, heaven on earth. Hey, this is Brad. I appreciate the fact that we can talk about this and start stepping into this wonderful study about the millennial kingdom and then continue on into the eternal kingdom, which we read about in Revelation 21 and 22. And we'll talk about that some more. Thank you for your prayers. Listen, we're working on the barn right now as I speak. Uh, We just finished uh, up on the insulation. The sheetrock is coming up next that we can use the barn on our property for a recording studio. Right now I'm in the farmhouse and talking with you. But thank you for your prayers and your support. Everything uh, just means so much. Um, Every time that you give, I'm able to have another tank full of gas to move about the area. I speak in coffee shop in Walhalla, South Carolina. I am going to speak at a commencement over in Tennessee. And then uh, through this uh, summer, I'll be speaking in Alabama. And then I'll be going over into Florida, back to Tennessee, across South Carolina again, and up into Pennsylvania and Maryland, continuing on all through the summer. And every time you give, because we don't ask these different places. Sometimes they're just a a, a group, a Bible study group that is very limited on funds or a small church that can't afford anything. And we're just uh, just happy to be able to give uh, uh, of, of their services. And every time you give, I'm able to move further. We don't charge anybody for a podcast or anything like that. And so I thank you for your prayers, your encouragement, and also your giving. It means a lot. Thank you so much. God bless you. This is Brad here with the Heaven Tour and a wonderful talk that we can see in the Bible about the Millennial Kingdom, Isaiah 60 and Revelation chapter 20. Thank you. God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll talk very, very soon. Take care and have a wonderful, God-blessed day. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.